Our scripture reading comes to us from the gospel account of St. Luke, the second chapter, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 7. Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Do you realize next Sunday is Christmas Day? I am so excited. This is the week, the last week. You realize, so in, 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 in next Sunday is Christmas Day, next Saturday is Christmas Eve. By this time next week, we will have celebrated three Christmas Eve worship celebrations. We will be gathered for our lessons and carols. And let me just go ahead and say, in case you missed it, we have three worship celebrations on Christmas Eve, one at three o'clock and one at five o'clock here in the sanctuary in the contemporary service in the gathering at five o'clock on Christmas Day. We will have one service here in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. It will be a service of lessons and carols, probably won't take the entire hour. Uh, and I know you don't need permission, but let me just go ahead and say this. I remember what it's like when Christmas falls on Sunday and you have young children. I get it. I still have children. You may see them in their pajamas. It's okay. If you want to show up in your pajamas, I won't tell anybody and I will make sure the camera doesn't pan on you, okay? We're all good. Uh, but it's just a special time to celebrate. This is also the crunch week because now then all of the stuff that we need to get ready, but we couldn't get ready before because there's other things going on. We've got this week to get everything prepared. And it's not just in the church. Some of you are feeling the crunch too, I would bet, because some of y'all, some of y'all had your Christmas shopping done back in July. You know, the presents are already wrapped. The family schedule is already prepared. You know where you're going. You know who's coming in and everything is good to go. Some of you haven't even got your Christmas tree up yet. <laughs> some of you still have Christmas shopping to do. Some of you are still wondering what the family schedule is exactly going to look like for a variety of reasons. And some of you are really worried that Cousin Eddie is actually going to show up <laughs> this year. There is a lot of things that are going on. Well, what does any of this have to do with Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7? Well, I'm so glad you asked because it's got everything to do with it. You see... I'm going to tell you something that you already know, but I just want to make sure that we remember and we're on the same page. The scriptures were not originally written in English. They were originally written in Hebrew, Koine Greek, a couple of places in, Ara in, in ancient Aramaic. Well, why does this matter? Well, because even in modern languages, but especially when we're dealing with ancient languages, there's sometimes there are words that are found in Hebrew, or Koine Greek, or Aramaic, that there's not a direct English translation for. And so what ends up happening in those situations is the editors, the translators, as they're putting the, the, translating the scriptures and putting it together, they'll make a determination. Well, what English word do we think best gets at 
what this word that we don't have a translation for actually means. And most of the time, most of the time, those translations work pretty well. But sometimes when that word gets changed, that one word gets changed, it really changes the way we understand a passage. And sometimes even the popular way the passage may be understood might miss the point. That's what we have in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, specifically verse 7, specifically the end of verse 7, where there was no room for them in the end. You see, when Jerome was translating the Bible into Latin, he saw this Greek word that's there, the words cataluma. And what it literally translates as is guest room. But when Jerome was translating, there really wasn't this notion of a guest room. So he tried to get at it the best way that he could and translate it into the Latin, into in. Then it got translated into English, into in. And now then we have created a Motel 8 in Bethlehem. And we have invented an innkeeper where Mary and Joseph went up to the registration desk and said, hey, we'd like a room. And the innkeeper said, I'm sorry, there's no room. Did you notice in the scripture there's not even an innkeeper mentioned? It's not there. Go ahead and read it. Check me. You got pew Bibles? You got a phone? Look it up. There's no innkeeper mentioned in scripture. We invented an innkeeper that kicked Mary and Joseph out, and we've turned this passage into being, you need to make sure that you make room in your life for Christ this Christmas. And there's another burden. And we feel guilty because we've got all the other stuff going on, but we've got to make room that Christ is in your life at Christmas. You need to get your stuff together and get it all figured out. And that's not untrue. But have you ever thought that's the opposite of the angelic proclamation? That's the opposite of what we celebrate at Christmas. You see, what we celebrate at Christmas is nothing less than we're messed up. The world's not the way it should be. There's struggles in our lives. I know for some of us, this is the holliest, jolliest Christmas ever. And for some of us, we are putting on as good of a face as we can. Because for some of us, this year has been amazing. And this Christmas season is full of wonder and joy. And some of us are celebrating the first Christmas after the loss of a loved one. And it just doesn't feel quite right. Some of us are, are, are feeling bad because we're going through chemotherapy and radiation. Some of us are awaiting health diagnosis. Some of us are trying to figure out how do we make the family schedule work now because there's a divorce that's occurred. Or we've had our hours cut. Or we're not real sure how we're going to make ends meet. And I've got news for you. If you find yourself in any of those categories, whether it's the holliest, jolliest Christmas ever, or whether you just can't quite get into the spirit, it's okay. 
Because what we celebrate at Christmas is not a God that demanded us to get our stuff together, but a God who loves us too much to leave us where he finds us so he comes to be with us right where we are. I love the Gospel of John. It's my favorite gospel. Don't tell Matthew, Mark, or Luke, but it's my favorite gospel. And I love it because right there in John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, literally, what's here's another one. What literally is said there is the word becomes flesh and pitches his tent with us. I love that. Because when we say, and he dwelt among us, it sounds like this regal, noble thing. But what's actually there is that the word of God, the word that was spoken at creation that brought everything into being, comes and takes on our stuff, our human flesh, and gets right down in the muck and the mire with us. Pitches his tent right next to us in the trenches and does this thing called life. In fact, the very title of Christ, Emmanuel, what does it mean? We've said it a whole bunch. God with us, yeah. What we celebrate at Christmas is that God comes to us. That God meets us right where we are, wherever we are. So if this Christmas season is the holliest and jolliest you've ever experienced, then Christ is going to be born anew in your hearts and your lives. And if this Christmas season finds you where it feels like the world has turned and left you here, then Christ is still born anew in your hearts and lives. Because our God loves us so much, he comes to us wherever we are. Well, what does this have anything to do with an inn or a guest room? Again, I'm glad you asked. You see, when we read this with the inn and the innkeeper, when we put all that burden on us, then all of a sudden we've created this thing where we have got to do something in order for God to come to us. Now, we respond to God's offer of grace. We don't initiate it. God does that. But when we understand that what the passage says is that there was no room for them in the Cataluma, the guest room, then here's how this passage speaks to us now. You see, Mary and Joseph had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem because Joseph's family was originally from Bethlehem. So when he travels there, he doesn't go to the Motel 8. He goes to a family member. We don't know which one. May have been his second cousin, might have been his grandfather, could be a great uncle, could have been his cousin, Eddie. We don't know. He goes to a family member, though, and he knocks on the door and he says, hey, I need to stay. We've come because Quirinius has ordered this census and we've come to pay taxes and my spouse is great with child. (coughs) Excuse me. His family member doesn't look at him and says, no room. He looks at him and says, I've already given the Cataluma, the guest room that's attached to the house. Because you see, these people practice radical hospitality. It didn't matter if they knew you or not. If you were a traveler and needed a place to stay and you knocked on the door, they were honor bound to provide for you. So they had a room that was attached to the house, but wasn't where you could get into the house, right? Because I'm going to show you radical hospitality, but if I don't know you, I may not invite you to sleep in the room next to me. Joseph, I've already 
given away the Cataluma. I, I can't kick them out. But what I do have is a stable. Now look, I just cleaned it, okay? So it is clean, fresh straw, and it's warm, and it is safe. You are welcome to stay there until the Cataluma becomes available. How does this change the way we understand it? Because now what God is telling us is that this Christmas season, if the best thing we've got to offer is a stable out back, if we don't have all the trimmings and the trappings and all the good tidings of great joy, if we're not feeling that, and if the best that we have is a stable out back, then that's enough. Because it's not what we bring to God that makes it valuable. It's simply that we come. Because God takes our ordinary. God takes our brokenness. God takes our hurt. God takes our pain. God takes our shame. God takes our sin. And transforms it and redeems us and does something extraordinary with it. You doubt what I'm saying here in a moment, you're gonna be invited to come and come and celebrate in the table of grace where we've taken bread and grape juice that we bought on sale at the Piggly Wiggly. The same bread and grape juice you can go over there today and purchase. And we're offering it and I guarantee you, God's going to take that bread and that grape juice and he's going to do something amazing with it. He's going to turn it into a foretaste of glory divine. He's going to make it become for us body and blood to remind us of the suffering, death, resurrection, and new life that we have through Jesus Christ simply because of the love of God to us. And I got news for you. This miracle of ordinary to extraordinary doesn't just happen in this beautiful sanctuary on a Sunday morning with bread and cup. It happens to you on Monday morning as well. And Tuesday afternoon. And next Thursday. And by God, even this Christmas. So I pray, I pray that you are having the holliest, jolliest Christmas season ever that you were like me and so excited for next week that you can hardly stand it. But if you're not, it's okay. Because what we celebrate at Christmas isn't a mean innkeeper that kicked them to the curb where we've got to figure out where we're going to make room. We celebrate Emmanuel a God that comes to us right where we are and takes wherever we are and whatever we have and does something amazing with it. I know it's a little early. I'm fully aware we are still in the season of Advent. But if you will permit me, Merry Christmas in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. 
Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.